Hi, Austin. Hi, Sophia. <laughs> what were you going to say? Wait, <laughs> you I was going to say awkwardly before we were talking about our iCarly countdown, which I love. And I was going to tell you, um, Freddie from iCarly is expecting his second child, which is very <laughs> exciting. That is very exciting. <laughs> yes. So congratulations. <laughs> I forget, like, Nickelodeon people are grown up now. I know. I Like, I forget that technically we are as well. It's a little bit. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay. okay. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yeah. It's great. October. It hasn't really felt like October. No. Just because of, you know, being responsible and not, like, getting Halloween outings in or, like, you know, every year I go to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh-huh. like our independent movie theater did you see the they have the poster at the princess and they put a mask on it that's so cute (laughs) just like i think i'll definitely like get a ticket anyway even though like i'm not going because i i just like other people might and that's fine i guess but um i'm not gonna go but i think i might get a ticket anyway because i'm really worried about like just independent businesses right now and i'm like once this is over like i want to be able to go in there Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah on that note, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, it doesn't really feel like Halloween for me either. I know. Kate's even though... at her mom's for the week and it's snowing there. Oh, already? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> You're saying it doesn't feel like Halloween yet, even though you got your costume? That is true, but my costume isn't for Halloween. It's for all the time. My toga and crown. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best text I've ever received, and there's no one else. I know who would wear a toga more than you would, I feel like. <laughs> it's amazing. Don't tell Party City, but it's kind of a key, kind of a cheap toga. Ooh. <laughs> I won't rat you I won't rat it out. It's like thinner than a bed sheet, which is kind of disappointing, but oh, but if the best it achieves, I get my hands on. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> twenty twenty togas. <laughs> so how's oh. your Halloween reading going? Halloween reading is good. Um but I will say, maybe this is like related to last week's episode, but I think that the lockdown has impacted my normal October reading habits because oh. usually I would be thrillers and mysteries all day, every day until October 31st. Oh. And this year I have been like romance novel, romance novel, <laughs> thriller, romance novel. <laughs> So, I don't know, but it's going pretty well. I think, like, I'm transitioning into more of a spooky mood now, better late than never. So, maybe my November will be more full of, like, <laughs> I don't know. What about Halloween you? Halloween part two. Halloween part two. <laughs> every every month can be Halloween if you try hard enough. <laughs> no, my what about Halloween, you? My Halloween reading. I haven't really read much Halloween stuff. I mm. talked about a book I was reading last week called The Fisherman. I finished that. How was that? It was good. I told you, though, it ended up being very vague in the end. Yeah. Which I can live with, but I haven't been too happy about it. That's not my jam. I need, like, speci- specificity. Is that <laughs> a word? Oh, my God. That does not sound good. <laughs> I need specifics. That sounds more <laughs> professional. Um, yeah. I think well, that... I, When I remember, I don't think I really have any usual halloween habits that i've broken for reading i guess like i'm more of like a halloween movie kind of gal but yeah me too right <laughs> i mean halloween town beetlejuice like all that good stuff <laughs> um 
but I do feel like I normally read more like spooky stuff this time of year. I was gonna say you're not normally a spooky reader, are you? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. (laughs) (laughs) The top half is very like um like romance and YA, and then you get to like the midsection and it's all just like black covers of like classics and like (laughs) dark thrillers, but like airport books, you know, that you go and you're like, ooh, like this new up and coming, like new Gillian Flynn. Sure, I'll put it in the bag. So it's a good mix, I think. So if you wanted to have your pants scared off for Halloween, what kind of book would you be looking for? <sighs> what kind of book would I be looking for? You know what? And this isn't like super spooky, I guess, but um, you know the book You? Is that the one they based that Netflix show off of? Yes. Uh huh. Austin, I watched the first season of that show and I had a nightmare so bad, like I barfed. Like it really <laughs> messed me up. It's true. I I don't know what it is, but it like maybe it's like seeing like Dan from Gossip Girl transition into like the worst human possible. I'm not sure. But watching that show, I was like, this is messed up. I still watch season two. Season two was less scary <laughs> to me. But um yeah just having like that feeling of like someone in your life you don't know how like messed up they are and then they like come after you like that really scares me so I actually read the book I want to say in September this year and like it was like it really got me but it's not even that it was scary I just think that like psychologically I was like whoa like this is a lot (laughs) yeah actually that's interesting I remember Kate watched that show you (laughs) like couldn't stand it it's so scary and like i I didn't even find it scary i just found it annoying annoying. it's just like he uh like he thought he was so smart and like it's not that he's smart it's just that he's lucky and gets away with things and it like really like it didn't sit well with me i do i can't stand shows where the main characters narrate the entire thing oh so like a carrie bradshaw narration doesn't sit well with you like (laughs) I didn't. That's why I didn't make the past the first episode of Dexter, which I heard oh, is also pretty dark. But you know, I really do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I like the narration. I don't know why. Maybe it's like, again, like going back to that, like Grey's Anatomy, like Sex in the City narration that kind of like prepped me to accept it in like <laughs> movies and film. I don't know, but yeah. So you're into like the more psychological side of horror stuff, I guess. Yeah, like I, I got, I guess like. I'm very new to it, which is, like, it explains my lack of, like, understanding. But, you know, I I tried, like, body horror when it comes to, like, movies, but never really books. Uh-huh. So, like, I don't know. Like, I when it comes to horror, like, I, I've read Shirley Jackson. But other than that, like, I think the books that I've read are more, like, they could be classified more as, like, thrillers rather than horror. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what about you I kind of I just read horror books all through the year beautiful so like every season is Halloween if you try hard enough <laughs> going back to that concept uh-huh. <laughs> amazing but I'm more into like the I'm really into H.P. Lovecraft Ooh. I really like his kind of humor even though I, I know he's problematic as a person and he was uh-huh. a little bit racist and <laughs> okay but yeah I really like his kind of horror the last book I read, The Fisherman, was very much Lovecraftian. 
Okay. In the case that it's like such a, uh, it's hard to explain. Like the horror is just so big and overwhelming that it's hard for people to comprehend it. That's part of the reason why the book was so um, vague in the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I like, like Lovecraft. I like Stephen King. I haven't read everything by Stephen King, but yeah. it's one of my favorite books. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like people kind of like hail that as like one of the classics, right? Uh-huh. Seems yeah, that, I don't really get scared by horror books. I don't know why. I think it's just fun to read rather than like actually keeping me up at night. But <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. I guess like I think it's different watching it than reading it. But I will say that like reading *The Haunting of Hill House*, I remember there's like one passage that I know I talk about this all the time, but it seriously stuck with me so much that like I think about it every time that I go to like. <laughs> I don't know, Um, but there's a part where, like, they're lying down, like, in the dark, like, two people are talking, and then she's like, oh, like, why are you grabbing my hand? And she's like, I'm not. And I was like, "Uh." (laughs) (laughs) oh, my God. (laughs) Like, that's, like, the worst, like, like, chapter I've ever read in my life. Like, thinking about that is just, like, so unsettling. Like, it's not even that I was, like, scared so much as I was just, like, disturbed, like, thinking about (laughs) that feeling. And, like, I don't know. I just finished reading um, We Have Always Lived in the Castle, which is also oh. by, yeah, Shirley Jackson. And that one was super good, too, because, again, like, it was just this feeling of, like, constant discomfort. Like, just, like, uh-huh. constant. And, like, I couldn't put it down, but at the same time, I was like, this is agonizing. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want to be reading this. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to brag and be like, oh, look at me. I'm so tough. But I really... Don't get too scared with horror media. Well, that's like good. Which is funny though, because when I was younger, I was like the scariest kid you'll ever meet. <laughs> like I okay. couldn't watch any horror movies. I, you know uh, my grandparents had like a Freddy Krueger display set up that like a cardboard cutout and oh, collectible <laughs> stuff out of their basement. I would make them cover it up so I could go into their basement, or else I'd be too scared. And I would too. The basement is already scary. Like you know, <laughs> in Home Alone, where like. Macaulay Culkin's Kevin. Wow. Macaulay Culkin was in Home Alone. Um, when he goes down in like the furnace in the basement looks like a scary monster. Like I feel like that's a universal childhood thing. Like the basement is not a good feeling. <laughs> like it's just scary. You run up the steps every time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what at what point in my life I stopped being scared of horror stuff. Probably around high school. Yeah. <laughs> uh. When I realized that real life sucks more than oh, okay. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Speaking of high school and horror, Austin, <laughs> we are gathered here today at this podcast um, <laughs> to host our first book club episode, which I am so excited about. And so exciting. So exciting. <laughs> and this month, because it's Halloween, I wanted to read a horror novel. And so uh, I read Carrie for the first time because I know that you're a big Stephen King fan and I wanted to talk to you about it. And I'm ready. I know you can't see me, but I'm holding my copy up right now. Really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> hold on, where's my copy? We'll hold it up in solidarity. Hey, we have the same covers. We do? <laughs> oh, it really is book club. We didn't even plan that. I just got so excited for like... <laughs> That's great. Okay, so what'd you think of it? What did I think of it? <sighs> this is coming from the perspective. You've seen the movie first before reading the book, right? 
Yes. Yeah. And I think this might be one of the few instances where I'm going to say it and it's controversial. Watch out. <laughs> I <laughs> you see that pause. I'm like I'm trying to formulate it. I think this might be one of the few times that I liked the movie better than the book. That's fair. Don't hate me. But <laughs> I think it's just, it's not that I didn't like it. I think they were both like really good. Uh, and, and actually, uh, I have not only seen the movie, the 1976 De Palma. Uh-huh. That right, the last name. Um, I have also seen it portrayed as a musical. Huh. I don't know if it's a musical. It's interesting. That's right. Everyone has that reaction. Kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, so out of the three, out of the three adaptations, yes, or the one source material and two adaptations, which one would you think was the best? Definitely the musical, Austin. <laughs> Not gonna lie to you. <laughs> um, but I think that's just who I am as a person. I was really excited to see it because it was a local production. And one of my like really good friends from elementary school, super talented. She went to um, Randolph in Toronto. Her name is Catherine. And she starred as Chris in it. And I was like super proud of her. So I uh-huh. think like even if I didn't really like I don't remember the show, but I just remember being like, she's the best. And it was <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, it was good. It's actually surprisingly good because um, I guess like they had it like off Broadway as well. And I think people react well to it. Like, I don't think it's like Mamma Mia level, but like, <laughs> you know, it's up there. So when you were reading the book, were you putting all the words to music in your mind? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was good. Okay, let's get into the book then. What didn't? What did you like? What didn't you like? Okay. Oh, sorry. I just had to, my computer was doing something weird. Sorry. Um, what did I like? Uh, I felt like Carrie was like, she kind of like had like a Frankenstein-y effect where um, I know she's the villain technically because like she did all these awful things, but mostly I just felt bad for her. Uh You know what I mean? Like, and like, I'm not trying to like romanticize it or anything, but it totally makes sense to me having like a horror novel set in high school because it is just not a fun time for anyone. Uh And like, I don't know, like having that whole like, like girls are can be like really mean to each other in high school. And I don't always think it's like intentional or anything, but like this was like, oh, God, like (laughs) this is the worst, worst case scenario. (laughs) And so I was like reading it the whole time and I was like, oh like it was just like a stomach ache feeling of like this is awful like it's like a train wreck you can't look away from Uh so I don't know and I also thought it was like there was some choices in the writing where I was like oh this is interesting so like a couple times he would put thoughts into like brackets and it would just yeah Yeah. I haven't read the book in a couple years but I was just leafing through it like getting ready for the episode I noticed that too Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is really interesting because like, I'm very new to Stephen King. So when I see him, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like something everyone reads. Like, and I love that. I'm not like shaming it or anything, but it felt like almost artsy in a way where Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this is kind of poetry level that I wasn't like expecting to encounter. So it made the experience kind of different for me, but I I enjoyed it. It Uh Yeah. I found the one stylistic thing that took me the most out of it was how you would tell the story through a newspaper articles and 
I'm not yeah. a big fan of that kind of writing personally. Normally I'm not as well. And so like when I think about that, I always think about authors who use emails and texts to like demonstrate dialogue in their writing. And I don't like that. It just feels kind of lazy. And I feel like it's not, it's a creative way to portray uh-huh. I understand it. But in my mind, I'm just like, I don't enjoy it. Like it takes me out of it. Yeah. It takes me out of the, out of the story. Yeah. I and I was probably the intention, but. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to like, in a way I liked it because it made you like consider different points of view and like consider how this could be spun in different uh-huh. ways, which I think uh, not to relate it back to our education, but <laughs> <laughs> as um, experts, I'm doing air quotes of communication. <laughs> I think that <laughs> we, we know that like any news report you read or any like book, like, you know, people spin things to how they want you to understand it so it was kind of interesting having that perspective seeing like people trying to villainize her and people trying to support her and like what's the truth we don't know Uh that was kind of nice I was like that is true like we don't know one universal truth there's many interpretations to like her actions Um, that's true yeah yeah again like I understood it I didn't love love it but I was like Mm -hmm. okay I see it I don't know (laughs) yeah also, Billy really bothered me. Billy, that was Chris's boyfriend? Yeah. Uh-huh. Just kind of insufferable to read through. Like, every time, like, I encountered a passage with him in it, I was like, oh, God, not this guy again. Like, I just, <laughs> the worst. And, like, there was a, a section that I thought was really funny um, where, like, I think it was Billy talking about how It was either Billy or Chris talking about how part of the reason, like, she was in love with him was just because of his car. And I was (laughs) like, this is not written by, like, a woman. Like, what? (laughs) And and it was, like, going on about, like, how, like, she just loved, like, the leather seats and the way that... And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, I don't understand this. And then I had, like, a montage of, like, Madonna's, like, material girl playing. And I was like... (laughs) just living in a material world like what is happening it was like yeah so that was interesting I made note of that to talk to you because I was like (laughs) this is ridiculous like I don't know I guess it's another classic Austin thing where I didn't prepare nearly as much as you did I should have actually read through the book again I said I was trying to recall things from memory but no no I just read it you're like an expert I'm just like (laughs) coming fresh off this book from last night I I finished it and I was like I wanted to text you right away and I was like no save the juice (laughs) (laughs) the hot goss (laughs) in the car I was like who wrote this (laughs) yeah so this is Stephen King's first published novel you're kidding I didn't know that and I like how it it's his first one that already ticks off a lot of the Stephen King checklist that's like is every one of his books like it takes place in Maine? It's got a like male bully character. Oh, it's so not... we could do like a Stephen King drinking game where it's like take a shot if it is in Maine, <laughs> and take a shot if someone is in love with a car more than a guy. <laughs> a lot of his later ones too is all of his his main characters are writers, not so much in this one. Oh, which is a thinly veiled metaphor for Stephen King. I was like, there were some parts where it was like, 
um, or no, actually it wasn't this book, but I was talking to Cleo, our previous guest, check that episode out. (laughs) And she just finished reading Misery and she was telling me about it. And uh, she was like, yeah, it's like about a writer. And then like someone's like taking care of him in a cabin and things get weird. And I was like, imagine being a writer writing about a writer in this situation like wouldn't you get nightmares like don't you think you would scare yourself mm-hmm. i don't know that's one thing that took me out of it is that the main kid in the book uh-huh. grows uh-huh. up becomes a writer oh and he's pretty much like the main leader of the group and he's okay. like the most perfect out of all of them and oh. i was like come on Stephen king <laughs> like, you can put your thumb in this don't make yeah. yourself a hero <laughs> don't be a hero <laughs> Don't be your own hero, at least. True. That's so funny. Yeah. No, I liked it. I didn't know that was his first published novel. That makes it Mm -hmm. feel different. I enjoyed it. I like, I also like that it was very, well, I guess like not Chris, but Sue and Carrie were very like good and bad. Like there wasn't like a typecasting of like, oh, like Uh the, the good girl. Or like if there was moments like that, Sue was like, like kind of uncomfortable with that feeling which I think that like a lot of like especially in the times we live in now like I don't know like people are confronting things about themselves and like realizing like if you're in a position of power you're like you have things easier than other people you should really like make an effort to understand why and see what you can do to help them and so Sue's character kind of was along those lines I felt like and she was trying to help carry out which I appreciated but I was also like okay it's interesting to see like coming to reckoning with that and like see how she tried to fix it uh-huh. I don't know I'm not explaining it right but like <laughs> I get it I get it you know like she's just like us she's just like us <laughs> peasants Sue. yeah I, I like Sue the best out of all the characters in the book like yeah you have more than Carrie I think I think so too yeah because like I don't know like I I feel really really bad for Carrie obviously and I'm also horrified by her obviously (laughs) like I I don't know like it's a it's a careful medium and it's just like you do feel bad and like it's the whole like portrayal of her mother too like that was like intense but I was like Uh true like people who like go too far and like interpret things in weird ways like weird stuff happens as a result so i don't know so like we can jump back into the adaptations you said you liked the the movie more i think i like the movie more than the book it's been a while since i've watched it but i remember really really liking it what do you think the movie like executed better than the book or if you were to watch it again maybe maybe my thing is that I love reading and I can usually visualize things pretty well but in this case I felt like I could visualize more like the horrible feeling and like kind of understand it more in the movie in comparison to the book because the book was very like to the point and like kind of as you talked about earlier like it kept jumping in and out like going like back and forth in time bringing in news reports and like articles and books and I liked that because I know that that was probably on purpose to have like a sense of like discomfort I guess yeah oh yeah yeah. discomfort too yeah 
and like jumping around and stuff but I was also like in the movie I found it was easier to understand how horrible that would be to be like uh-huh. you know standing there in front of all these people who have like made your life miserable all of high school you finally win something you're finally feeling somewhat okay and then they like drop a bucket of blood on like i would lose it i would be like we're going to crazy split screen (laughs) 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 i wouldn't go into telekinetic murder but i would just be crying like (laughs) i don't know like i and then i was thinking too like i was trying to remember like my own prom and like what that was like and i just remember being like very stressed out and then like too much hairspray and it was like fun <laughs> but it wasn't that fun like the the narrator was like this was like the best time of their lives they were all dressed yeah. nines and i was like my prom wasn't like that definitely neither it's <laughs> like how are they having that like in a gym and it's like the best time of their lives like i bet you everyone like has taken their heels off because they have blisters and like <laughs> so-and-so's trying to get a ride home from someone because their ride bailed and like you know what i mean like it couldn't have been that great like i don't know is prom more of like a bigger is it more of a more of a bigger thing in the states maybe or you think it's more the same here i don't know and like it's strange because like i have cousins in ireland who are our age and they didn't have prom they had like something called like a a debutante situation Uh And so it was, like, the same thing, but, like, I feel like that's more on our level. And then, like, America has, like, the big proms with, like, fountains and, like, James Bond-level tuxes and uh, I don't know. Like The book was also written and takes place in the 70s, too, so that might make a big difference. True. I <laughs> did really like envisioning, like, there was one sentence where it was, like, talking about how, like, all the outfits were, like white suit tops and like there was tulle and silk everywhere and I was like oh like that vintage fashion take me there Stephen (laughs) King like you got this (laughs) maybe that was my favorite part in the book and it was only like two sentences (laughs) (laughs) but yeah any other adaptations of the of Carrie actually no and isn't there like a new one that just came out or something was it a tv one I don't know if you know all of them so there was the first one obviously the 70s one they made a sequel to that one oh which i've heard is not terribly great i haven't seen it but sequels follows carrie's half sister who has the same powers and it's almost pretty much the exact same plot oh lord okay and there was a made for tv movie i think in the 2000s okay and then they remade it i think in 2013 or something oh wow and the 2013 is pretty much shot for shot of the 70s one but that was actually the first one i saw oh really Uh uh-huh did you like it i liked it yeah that was actually what prompted me to read the book (laughs) oh you're kidding that's so cool Mm. Mm. what was the first stephen king you read probably yeah i think it was carrie oh yeah Uh oh that's so funny i was in like grade nine and grade ten wow both of us got introduced to stephen king with his very first novel (laughs) come on that's like fate wow yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I didn't feel, like, scared when I read it. I just felt, like, kind of interested. Uh-huh. And uncomfortable. <laughs> I didn't like hearing about the pig blood. That's that like me hot. in every class in undergrad. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's fair. 
trying to leaf through anything else we can talk about in the book no I feel like we kind of like covered it because I don't want to give away spoilers that's the worst I just want to like <laughs> leave people mildly interested and I feel like it's okay to talk about the bucket of blood because everyone knows it's like the iconic you know I think a lot of people know the basic story of Carrie even if it's just like from the movie it's the like Romeo and Juliet yeah maybe the movie is iconic I was just saying it's like the Romeo and Juliet of like I don't know, like, you just know the basic premise, but, like, reading it was still good. Well, we can, we can go into spoiler territory, and just whoever hasn't read the book or seen the movie, just turn off now. <laughs> I don't know if there's that much else to... Oh, okay, here's the spoiler. I paused so people could still... <laughs> um, but when, like, Carrie dies like in Sue's arms and then like in the white commission they're talking about it and trying to get Sue to like confess to something or I don't know it was kind of weirdly worded but I was like wow that's kind of like big of her to be like not forgiving Carrie in that moment but just like not incredibly angry at her because it's like you you lose your boyfriend and your friends in a fire and you're just like it's okay Carrie under I understand like that was pretty like you know what I mean? Um, I like but, how they make Carrie more into a villain. They don't make her sympathetic through the whole thing. No. That's something that really stood out to me. Like, even at the end I'm reading now, after she dies, mm-hmm. it says, found painted on the lawn of the house where the white bungalow had been located. Carrie White is burning for her sins. Jesus never fails. Yeah. So that's kind of bleak, too, because she lives her whole life pretty much being tormented. And then even after she dies, she really doesn't get understood or anything. She's still kind of... Uh, yeah. She's still demonized. Yeah. I like that. I like dark endings like that. <sighs> yeah, I definitely didn't brush anything like under the rug. Like, and it was kind of just like it goes to show you that it didn't really change their opinion and it like it, they weren't big enough to understand like that this person needed help. Like I remember that when I was reading and like she was going downtown and like ripping off all the hydrants and people were finally remembering remembering her name and I was like that's like pretty sad that this person is obviously like in an abusive household is an underage child has lived here in a small town her whole life and none of you like could remember her name like that's like rough um I just realized too the whole book can be almost an allegory for school shootings too oh my god that's so true which makes it like puts an even darker twist on it yeah, like I, I felt really unsettled and like in one part of the book where it was like they were talking about like all the news stations, like talking about all those kids stuck in there. I was like, wow, that's like really disturbing. But then I was like, we hear this stuff all the time on the news now. Uh-huh. And like it's awful. Yeah, but... that's pretty much as close you can get to telling a school shooting story. Is it actually telling a school shooting story? Yeah, I guess. I never thought about it that way. I think this is in the 70s. This is before it became like a more commonplace thing than it is today too yeah like I other than like Columbine I can't really think of a school shooting before 2000 uh-huh. that's like really infamous although I guess there was um the Montreal massacre I forget what uh-huh. year that happened in but that was like college as well it was like mm-hmm. mostly women awful yeah I'm not sure if it was written to be like an allegory for that but it definitely comes off like that today yeah no for sure Oh, it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. 
this episode got real depressing. <laughs> I know, but it's like we're talking about horror, so like. Oh. It makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. It was like it was pretty chilling, and like I guess thinking about it too, like we when we encounter horror, like either in television or film or books, like it is talking about what we're most afraid of. And I think that like having it come from like a teenage girl and like that whole like dichotomy of like powerlessness and then being able to destroy everything. Like that was pretty crazy too. Mm -hmm. When this was published. I think it was 70, 73 or 74. Oh yeah. So this is like the height of like, like women's liberation stuff going down. Oh yeah, 1974. So I guess a little bit after, but like that's like pretty intense too to think about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Give like a bright note to get back to now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me think. We should do a movie review of like the made-for-TV one or the sequel to the seventies carry to see how bad it is. Yeah, we should. <laughs> We'll do like a book club, movie club. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. I also thought it was like really interesting how, like kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier, where she was never like made to be a hero. Like Uh even from the beginning in like that incident where everyone's throwing that stuff um, like at her in the showers, like the gym teacher was like, she felt bad for her, but mostly she was just kind of like annoyed and disgusted with her. Yeah. And so, like, right from the beginning, that's kind of hit home that, like, yes, we feel bad for her, but, like, also, she's super annoying. And, like, having that there and just, like, constantly reiterated by different characters, like, Sue feels the same way, like, Tommy feels the same way, the gym teacher does, the principal does, like, people don't remember her, but if they do, then they're just like, oh, she's so annoying, but, like, we feel bad for her. Yeah, it definitely could have been written to have a happy ending where... Maybe yeah. she forgives everyone who tormented her and they can all get along. But I like that he didn't go down that route. Yeah. Which is, I think it's more I don't honest. He's very big on his uh, happy endings. So. <laughs> well, I think it's more honest because if all that bad stuff like happened to you and like bullying was that severe, like I don't think that you could instantly like Mother Teresa yourself and be like, mm-hmm. I forgive everyone. And like, <laughs> I think that's like really like commendable, but I don't think it's believable like I feel like it would take you a couple years and some therapy to be like yeah I forgive you now (laughs) like I don't know that's just like how we can think a girl with murderous telekinetic powers is more believable than yeah it is high school redemption (laughs) I yeah I support that statement right now (laughs) no but it was I think in the made for tv one I think Mm -hmm. Carrie survives the end of the film oh you're kidding which kind of I think ruins the whole message of it personally, but same. I haven't seen that one. Me neither. Yeah, yeah, she survives the end of that one. I just looked it up. Oh gosh. I mean, like, I don't know why I sounded horrified at that. Like, good for <laughs> her for surviving that round, but like, I don't know. I feel like you're right. It just it kind of takes away from like the overall message that it's like it's a tragedy that happens because people weren't helping her or invested, you know? I'm looking up the end of the the end of the made-for-TV film. Mm-hmm. As it ends, it says, Sue finds Carrie and manages to revive her by administering two breaths. At Sue's suggestion, Carrie fakes her own death and Snoo- Sue sneaks her out of town to Florida. As the two drive off, Carrie <laughs> has a nightmarish vision of her mother. When she wakes up, she hallucinates Chris lunging at her. Noticing this, 
Sue asks her if she wants to stop for a moment, but Carrie tells her no to tells her to keep driving. Um. So they kind of just ride off into the sunset together. So it's like Thelma and Louise, but like <laughs> Carrie and Sue. Like that's so strange. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I would like to see that like spin off, but at the same time, I'm like. I liked how it ended kind of ominously, like alluding to like other people are out there. Like, shouldn't we do something about it? Like, Mm -hmm. and there's like, you know, that like open door to like, and that's more unsettling and that's horror. Like, that's good. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. They definitely could have made a sequel, but I'm kind of glad he didn't because it'd be kind of, I think it'd be kind of like derivative. Yeah, I think so too. That's just my opinion. I know. We're just like out here, like, here's my opinion, but like, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's like the most Canadian book review that you can get. I hope Stephen King doesn't hear this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's really concerned about what we're saying. <laughs> I was actually reading, um, okay, I'm going to butcher his last name, but you know Chuck from The Fight Club? Oh, yeah. Okay, that author, please yeah. forgive for not knowing how to say his last name. <laughs> he was talking about how Stephen King was at a signing and his like autographing hand was so calloused from like all of the stuff that it started bleeding into someone's book. Huh. And he was like, yeah, like I'm more than happy to like keep signing or whatever. Cause there was still like hundreds of people waiting and they had all brought like, like three books each or something. Uh. And so he was like, yeah, I'm more than happy to keep going, but can you just get me band-aids? And then, like, I guess word spread that he had, like, bled into one <laughs> book, and then all of them wanted it. So he just kept signing and bleeding all, or, all like, all over these people's pages. <laughs> I was like, oh. Like, that's a That's <laughs> awful. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was, like, thinking about that while I was reading, because this book was all about blood, obviously. <laughs> Like, that's what we should do when we make merch for the podcast we'll just sell we, bloody kleenexes to people oh <laughs> we're gonna get arrested that's <laughs> austin we're selling our dna who's gonna use it for what <laughs> we're gonna get arrested oh yeah that's probably not a idea with covid too to be something probably not <laughs> <to people. laughs> oh my gosh like that angelina jolie necklace where she wore like blood from her husband around that vial in her neck do you remember this? I think so, yeah. That big, like, scandal <laughs> thing. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I liked it. On that note, <laughs> I liked Gary. <laughs> that tangent was not helpful. I liked it. Yeah, I definitely have to give it a full read-through again sometime. There's a lot of stuff that I didn't remember. Like, I remember all the broad strokes, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. <laughs> so should we... Um... Back to general Halloween stuff before we end off today. General Halloween stuff. What else do I have to say about it? <laughs> to be honest, go to Halloween movie. My Halloween movie. Go to Halloween movie. Oh, Beetlejuice, obviously. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> you you saw my little Lydia Dietz in the red wedding dress. My friend Mel got it for me. Oh yeah. And it is probably one of my favorite items that I own. So yeah, <laughs> that's it. What about you? Actually, I haven't watched Beetlejuice yet this year. Have I? I think I watched it like twice on New Year's or something. I love that movie. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think about my go-to. I like really like the Evil Dead movies, the original ones from the 70s. I've never movies. seen them. They're really good. They're are they? You might find them scary. It's kind That's of okay. kind of like body body horror, not body okay. horror. 
body humor, what? your your humorous bone. What is that called? Is it the humorous? humorous? Your funny bone. Ow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'd like a disclaimer to be put in here that I've only had five hours of sleep. And that's <laughs> why I'm like this. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I think, I think that's it for this week. Yeah. Oh, wait, one more thing. One more thing. thing. I forgot. Austin, did you see that on Goodreads? They have the the good choice. Good choice. Oh, my gosh. The Goodreads Choice Awards are up. Oh, yeah. And that's what I'm excited about this week. That's my Goodreads. (laughs) Because you get to vote every round for, like, your favorite one of the year. But then every year I do that thing where because my TBR, my To Be Read, list is too high I'm always a little bit behind so I don't get to like this year's releases as fast as I should unless it's like super interesting to me so like I have some of them that are like nominated and so I have to read them really fast so I can vote (laughs) (laughs) that's like my news (laughs) I've never voted in any of those because I never know what any of the books are and I'm looking at through now I don't recognize a single one it's okay I'll lend you some I am I have some well, I think I have like three from the romance round, and then I think I have two from the thriller, and then you can read them and you can vote too. <laughs> this, You're welcome. Uh, it's more of a general reading, but I just realized I really don't keep up with like modern book releases. Yeah, like I feel like I do. I like being on Bookstagram because then I get the hype, but I'm looking at my bookshelf as we talk again. I, I'm kind of like up and down with that because I have some ones that like were out for a while or like aren't as popular. But, you know, I like to keep my foot in. And, like, I read a lot of, like, YA. So all the new ones coming in, it's all good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it for me. What about you? Anything else? Yeah, I think that's all I have to say for this week. Beautiful. That was a great (laughs) book club. That's my my first time I've ever done a book club before. Usually there's like wine and cheese involved and then you don't talk about the book, but we'll perfect that as we go on. <laughs> I got cheese and coffee. <laughs> Beautiful. Coffee at 6.20 p.m. <laughs> that's that's brave. I couldn't do that. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, see you next week. Hey, see you later. Bye.